welcome to the Vitality Coach Podcast with the Mojo Maker and host, Nikki Fogden Moore, the Vitality Expert, dedicated to helping you be the CEO of your life and your business with special industry and life leading guests. Top tips on how you could create that magic blend of healthy, wealthy, and wise for CEOs, entrepreneurs, founders, and people who do things with life. Hi guys, I'm Nikki from Moore. The Mojo Maker Podcast is back and I've got a very special guest on today's show by the name of Jake Edwards. He spent four years playing for Carlton and AFL, which if you're not an Australian, it's probably one of the biggest sports things to watch and be a champion fan of in this country down under. Jake has not only heralded himself as a top sportsman, but he's become an icon in the community as well as in the sports world for being an advocate for men's mental health. I had the great pleasure of meeting Jake at an event that I was emceeing, I'm Just a Man, where I met some other incredible like-minded individuals, but Jake stood out to me because he was trying to create change from within. He took something that was an incredibly personal journey and started making waves in an area where a lot of the conversations had been pushed down because it just wasn't cool to talk about. So today's episode is going to be getting raw and real about bro code one-on-one. How do you really start asking for help when you're a dude that's got everything together and you have a great career, you have great mates, everything looks fantastic from the outside, but inside you're actually treading water and the Titanic is fastly sinking. It's a very, very big topic for us as we go through diversity, empowerment, engagement, building teams and individuals, not only in a corporate landscape, but also in our sporting communities, our schools and our families. So I've asked Jake to come on board to share his story, to talk about how you can be a modern man, I guess, how we can support our youth growing up in a very, very fast-paced culture with lots of overwhelm, and the simple steps that you can take to go from chaos to calm when you feel that things are just more than not right. So without further ado, I'm going to get Jake in on the show. Thanks for tuning in. This is going to be a fantastic episode. I'll put all the show notes as usual at the end and some links back. So come join me for a fantastic interview with Jake Edwards from outside the locker room. Hi guys, welcome to this episode, a special edition of the Mojo Maker series, talking about Adeline and my guest, Jake Edwards. Jake Welcome, awesome. so good Thank to you. have you here. Thanks you know, me. the horrible thing that I always do is make my guests mm. do a two minute or a two second elevator pitch. What put you in this chair? Wow. Uh, you're the CEO of Outside the Locker Room. Yeah. You've launched your first clothing brand. Um, you've recently bought a house. You're engaged to a rock star girlfriend. You've got the incredible board <laughs> yeah. of directors around you. Um, you know, it's just been a heck of a year, yeah. but it hasn't always been on these enormous highs. So no. we'd love you to take us through a bit of a journey of your credentials from, yeah. you know, your hero world in AFL yep. and what got you to the chair today. Yeah, I mean, talking about it, like, it sounds like life's pretty good, doesn't it? And it has been actually for the last couple of years, and especially the last 12 months. But as you mentioned before that, it wasn't always always that way. Uh, as you mentioned off the top here, I played AFL football, so I spent five, four years at the Carlton Football Club. Uh, growing up, football was a big part of my life, and five, I was the fifth person in my family to play AFL footy. And I was drafted at a very young age of 17, uh, spent four years at the club, but two years into my career I was diagnosed with depression. Uh, 12 years ago now and a long time before we had awareness as to where we're at today so being young and naive and ignorant to mental health I really didn't understand it I was frustrated by it and I wasn't I guess allowing the fact that depression was going to get in the, in the way of my AFL career and you know I just abused it took it for granted and really didn't become responsible for depression and mental health at such a young age and 
when my career had come to a, an abrupt end, it wasn't on my terms, and unfortunately that transition into everyday living was quite difficult. And I spent the next four years post my career using alcohol and drugs as a way to, to feel better, to cope, to manage. Uh, I felt like I let family down, friends down, because uh, my world right up until then was football and sport and being an athlete. And that's a very isolating experience, and especially when you leave footy, it was difficult to find who I was again. And that purpose of a footballer had been ripped out of and myself as Jake Edwards. So I became a, an addict as to what people would recognise with in, within the community and it made me feel better for a period of time but the mental health wasn't going anywhere and in fact it got a lot worse and unfortunately that led me to a, a moment in my life where it all got too much and I pushed family and friends away and uh, I was financially in a really difficult position and started hanging around some really difficult challenging people and that led me to a, a suicide attempt one morning on my life and Fortunately for me, I'm still here and a lot of families and that who perhaps are watching this who, who don't get that uh, luxury in their lives because they've been affected by someone close to them who has taken their lives and I saw it as an opportunity to spend time in a rehab program to rebuild myself and through that process I learnt everything there is to know about addiction and mental health and especially depression. And off the back of that is where I set up the foundation outside locker room with my experience in sport and the collaboration with mental health and knowing that it affects anyone and everyone, not just athletes. I saw a real opportunity to get in and work with community sporting clubs and now schools as well across Australia and over the last four and a half years we've been able to work about 180 sporting clubs and schools across, across Australia. So uh, I know you're after a little two minute elevator pitch but uh, for some, they talk about your life as I'm sure you'd agree with your own yeah. journey, it's, it's a little bit more than two, uh, two minutes and behind every foundation is always a great, um, a great story as to why I think they get started. And for me now, it's about a legacy and leaving behind something really important. And I feel like what I went through now wasn't just worth nothing. Yeah. And I've been able to really correlate that into the work that I do today. And uh, my next step is obviously the clothing range, as you mentioned earlier. So my full-time job is in the foundation, but I have other interests in you know, creativity outside of it as yeah, well. You're a musician too, you love music. I do love my music, yeah, and that's a yeah. big part of coping as well. I yeah. learned how to deal with my everyday battle with mental health and depression. I still have difficult days and times and I go through ups and downs like, you know, most people do and I've just learned through the process on how to handle it and manage it sooner and really try to bounce back a lot quicker than what, you know, I normally would have in the past. So music's a great way that I, I use it as an outlet pick the guitar up, I play, I sing really poorly, I can't play fantastically, but uh, that to me is my meditation. So it's a big part of who I am. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's a lot, that's a lot of your life jam-packed into a few minutes. So thank you for being so vulnerable right up front, and that's why we're here. Um, this episode is specifically about, we spoke about bro code. And, you, you know, I think sometimes when you're listening to athletes or you see people on stage, like whether they're musicians or anyone with a grand title, you don't realise the pressure that comes with having that as your reason for being and then when that reason for being is taken away from you it's like from hero to zero and you've got no identity anymore so as an athlete uh, especially AFL in Australia you're propelled straight to the front of stardom everybody wants you everybody thinks you're fantastic yeah. you're you know untouchable um, and now you're having to rebuild all that and also teach 
um, you know, other, I think other people, not only in sports, but in communities, that humility and community and communication are important. So how does that translate for you in your journey with your mates? Because we know as we get older, hindsight's a beautiful thing. What is the bro code these days? When you were 17, nobody even knew the word depression. Mm. I mean, we just didn't talk about it. It was, um, you know, I think I might've been two when you were 17. I'm not sure, (laughs) no, just kidding. But um, I think there's one of our discussions that we first had when we met is you've got such composure about such a difficult subject and you're sort of, gathering around a group of mates with you now that are also willing to talk about it. So what would you say being a guy in today's modern world, the biggest mm. challenges are around that? Yeah, it's a great question. It's a question we get asked and I get asked personally just about every single day. Uh, and I think over the last couple of years, the way I answer this question has certainly evolved with the evolution of mental health and our awareness in our communities. Because as you mentioned earlier, I, the only time I heard depression back when I was 17 was in, in conversations such as throwaway lines, such as, you know, what have you got to be depressed about? So I never really had any acknowledgement around what an illness such as depression would be, but here we are today, 11 years on, and there's a lot of terrific, fantastic campaigns that are dedicated to the awareness of depression and what it is and reaching out and getting help. But we are still battling in our communities with that stigma that attached to getting help. And you talk about the bro code, and I think culturally we're moving forward in leaps and bounds. If you look over the last five years, there's certainly a lot more that we see uh, of people getting help and understanding that it's okay to feel a certain way and to be down and upset and it's all right to to feel alone at times but moving forward you can you can get help and there's people around you who who can do that and through our program and through the messages that I deliver through all my work I do in corporate sporting clubs and so forth is around helping people better identify uh, signs and symptoms in not only yourself but also your friends and your your family so putting the onus not only on the individual, but also our loved ones and people who care about us around us, because that's a really important stage. It really is. You talk about the bro code, um, you you talk about, and not an individual, you talk about a community of of friends and mates being specifically men in this uh, this world of ours. So sporting clubs is is a terrific vehicle and a great platform where a lot of young men come together doesn't matter your religion, your, your age, your, your demographics and that sport is a, is a platform that brings us together and all these kind of uh, antidotes through sport, you know, putting your arm around them, giving them a slap on the bum as they play well. There's a lot of great messages through sport that you can really utilise in supporting your mates outside of that environment and how they're dealing with things emotionally as well. So. A big part of the bro code is that we educate us around those signs and symptoms. So how to identify in your friends and family that something might not quite be right. But then also how to have a conversation with them. So things like keeping in mind around the environment that you're in. So not doing it in front of a group of other teammates, pulling them aside and having a chat to them in their own time and, and they might feel comfortable. But also, you know, if they do open up and say they do need some help, you know, what's next? So where to go, yeah. you know, who, who to get them in touch with and then really tap it into that referral pathway that does exist in our local communities and a lot of times people that are going through difficult stages there's a couple of things that come up there's the ego there's the pride they don't want to talk about I don't think people understand the next thing is that if I do where would I go who would I speak to who would understand so it's really helping bridge that relationship between um, you it's okay to feel um, you know vulnerable at times and 
to get help, there are people and services around you that specialise in, in doing that and can get you on a path to wellness. So let's um, loop back to these great comments. You know, we all have this internal operating system that we're brought up with, right or wrong, because our mm -hmm. parents did the best they can, which is, right. you know, suck it up or don't be a drama queen or stiff upper lip or all these types of things. Yep. So at, we do have all this awareness and, and like you, I work in, in, in this environment and we can encourage all we want, but what do you think those roadblocks are? That first thought, your ego is not your amigo. So that first yeah. thought is being judged for looking like a sook, um, all those sort yeah. of things. I know that this is really you know non-political language, but it's what goes through people's heads. The it first is. thought yeah. is their old self. The second thought you have a choice on. Yep. So for a guy, I still think even though people are educated, there's still the same dialogues going through your head. There is, and part of the talks that I do, there's a book that I read, that your listeners or viewers can read, there's a book called The Chimp Paradox. Yeah. And I, um, I'd be, I was given that by my psychiatrist when I was going through my rehab. And what it is, it breaks down the, I guess, the, the language, I guess, of mental health in the brain and how it operates. And there's a part of this, your brain called the limbic system, which operates on your fight or flight and your emotional thinking, which is generally, we think that way 90% of the time. So it helps you kind of understand what you just mentioned around that ego thinking and, and how we jump to conclusions and we think of the fear and the judgment and the unknown. Uh, and a big part of that, look, in my opinion, the scholastic system needs to buy into more of this positive well-being structures around supporting our next generation coming through and sharing more education. I've never used Sign 10 and COS in my whole entire life through mathematics. But I would have loved to learn more about human psychology and Absolutely. what this actually means. So um, coming through that process is really, really important. Um, but look, the stigma is always going to be there. We're, we're minimising it over a long period of time and it will take some time. What we see as part of our program, working in sporting clubs, is that there is a big generational shift that's coming through at the moment. So we have a lot of young adults who are parents that are involved in our sporting clubs at a committee level who are just volunteer-based positions who have kids of the ages of 13 to 17 years of age, who are better educated, who have come through a generation of more awareness with mental health and the impact that it can have. So when they're getting involved in environments such as sporting clubs, they're becoming more responsible that, hey, we actually play a proactive role here at our clubs because I can see the issues at home in my kids themselves. Yep. So it's gonna be happening to everyone else's families around, around the community. So moving forward in terms of the ego stuff and that, the first thing that comes up in a young male's mind is complete judgment, fear. And not just young, by the way. Not I just mean, young, I think no. it's like ageless. I think any, sure. you know, that's the thing. I think complete judgment, fear, and fear of failure and fear of being judged back again. Yep. Are the CEO in the boardroom or a 15 year old kid in the footy yes. field? No, that's exactly right. It's across the board. Yeah. It absolutely is. And for example, when I was growing up, my, my father, who played many years of VFL, AFL football. He was a very old school intimidating figure. And you know, he just, you look at him, he's just intimidating. And he's a really loving, caring guy. But he grew up on a farm, really old school. You know, those things you mentioned earlier about harden up and toughen up yeah, and get, get on up, with things get up, and that. Get you know, up, yeah. it just, it's just how it was. And uh, my intimidation when I was going through what I was experiencing was those thoughts, you know, oh, I don't want my dad to know. Can you imagine me telling my dad I'm crying on the end of my bed most mornings and mm -hmm. I'm trying to play AFL football and all these things and that. That's what held me back getting help or reaching out to my family because I thought that my old man would just tell me to, you know, stop being soft, get on with it, you know, harden up, you know, so forth and so on. So. As I mentioned, the generational shifts coming through. I'm really excited. But you had a moment with years. your dad, though, where he opened up to you when he realised what you were going through, right? That's right. So when I eventually got to a point where it all got too much because I held on to it for far too long, and we know now in the industry that 
if you continue to hold on to things, at some point it is going to it is going to break, and it, and you will have a what I consider to be a meltdown moment. And I went back to the farm, and I, I sat around a table, and my father was sitting there, my mother was there, and I had to start talking about where I was at because I just quit AFL football because of the issues I was going through. And my father, to my surprise, handled the conversation in a really different way to what I thought in my head how he would actually respond and the way that he did he, he brought his seat closer to me he put his arm around me and he just really acted in a really compassionate manner uh, clearly my dad who loves and cares about me um, but I couldn't see that in my mind as to right. that's how he would respond and yeah. the way he did that actually just broke down that that wall straight away and I just started talking more and I started crying and you know my dad first time ever he starts crying and my mum, she starts bawling her eyes out. And it just, it was a really galvanised moment where I realised just how important friends and family, especially, they really are. Yep. And a story that a lot of us men do tell ourselves is that um, no one's going to understand. I'm, I'm a burden. I don't want anyone to worry about me. Um, it, is a, it is a fabricated story. Uh, and it's not true because there are people in our lives who do care, who do want to help. And that's where we're getting to now in the industry of helping our friends and family better support and identify a lot of the time we get, the other question we get asked is that how do I support someone who I think has depression? And that support person plays a really key important role in that because it can be a very frustrating experience to try and support someone who may have a mental health illness. Because more often than not, you ask the question, is everything okay? And uh, I've noticed this, this and this, you don't quite see yourself. The typical answer we get here in Australia, given the culture we've grown up around, is, uh, oh no, she's all right, I'm fine. You know, don't worry about it. And that's just kind of how we, we brush things off. And, this person trying to support that individual, that's a very frustrating answer to get because you know that it's not the truth and you know that there's something wrong and you want to grab him, you want to shake him, you want to handcuff him and take him down to the GP and, and get him to get the help they need. So there's a, the next phase of education now isn't just around the awareness of emotional understanding, but also how do we support our friends and family yeah. that are going through that through And that people phase. know the Are You OK campaign, but I think what the, what was happening in certainly workplaces and with leaders, <coughs> that people didn't know what to do next when someone said, no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So we like, we got everyone to open up, but then they were like, oh. What's next? But, you know, because all of a sudden you had this fragility, and yeah. you're like, you know, what am I going to do with that? Yeah. So and, and as a carer, you you are that person, and you, you generally, you feel like it's, oh, no, it's all on me now. Yeah, exactly. And the worst case scenario is here is if I don't know what to do and something happens... It's on you, I'm yeah. left with this unfortunate scenario that mm. I don't think I could live with. Mm. So a lot of time we found people not wanting to ask the question because they didn't want to be put on with that yeah. expectation from someone they're trying to support. So Are You OK Today is a great foundation. And Brendan Ma is a friend of ours, is a CEO. He's transitioning out now, and... Uh, we had a conversation with him one day and they learned that very early on that that was the byproduct of asking someone, are you okay? They turn around and go, well, no, I'm not. It's like, oh, what do I do now? So they've done a lot of education around the next steps and how to support that individual. And look, the perfect scenario, it, which happens rarely, but the opportunity is to get him, link him in with a clinician, being a GP and then local doctor, having a conversation about the way they're feeling and then going through that process of hopefully getting onto a mental health plan which gets them in to see a psychologist. Um, and I know, I think some of your viewers might be from America, perhaps, well, watching well, or around, like all around the world. We've got like 85 countries at the moment, so we're Terrific. pretty like, yeah. pretty global. But so, the situation's the same everywhere, well, so. Well, they are, but one thing I've, I've learned doing some research in the industry in the US is that people that are watching this from America might think we're crazy as Australians because mm -hmm. we, we are so frightened by working with a psychologist that 
w w the fear there of them kind of unraveling what's in our mind is Pandora's box. It really is, is. Yeah. and we're so scared of that. But I know in the US, they're like, well, if you don't have a psychologist, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. The mindset is completely different. It's like they look at it as a yeah, personal so development. Yeah, yeah, they look at it as a personal development opportunity rather than uncovering an illness, which over here in Australia, we don't want to be seen by our friends to be mentally ill as such. So there's that phase as well we're trying yeah. to build through also. Let's talk a little bit about vital ingredients. You and I are like energizer bunnies. We're yeah. like, we know we travel really uh, a lot. We're on our soapboxes, we're in different locations. But one of the things that, are, you know, healthy, wealthy wise are my three pillars. Yeah. So so making sure that you have some vital habits, right? So part of your well-being is to exercise, yep. uh, plenty of sleep, music, yep. uh, time with people that you value that are good for you. What are they, you know, finding your right ingredients, um, if you're listening to this, is really important. And that's, I think, part of the bro code as well. You know, golf, we spoke about golf. So yeah. doing it, men talk side by side. Women are really good at talking face to face, but guys like to go and do something. That's we where do. you go and get stuff out. That's right. And I talk about, look, it's so basic and simple. And for people that have heard this over and over again, it, the advocates like myself and who spend our full-time commitment in educating in this space, we are so repetitive and the things that we put in place are very simple, but what we lack as a, as a culture is to the, the discipline individually to implement these things into our lives on a daily basis. That's why they need a mojo maker. That's right, they need, <laughs> hello. And then, so the idea is around building a, a framework that fits into your lifestyle that really accommodates your work and your family life, but more importantly, accommodates you mm -hmm. and yourself. And that's really important when it comes to mental health management. We live here in Australia in a culture where we get to a point where we need help and then we look for help. By then, a lot of the time, it's in some cases, it's too late. Yeah. Um, where we need to get better education is around the preventative measures to let's not wait until you need help, let's prevent it exactly. along the way. Um, so as you mentioned, there's two things, and these are called coping mechanisms or resilient strategies, no matter what you want to call, but... Or just lifestyle. Or just, yeah, lifestyle yeah. and a healthier, and a lot of them yeah. are so basic, like sleep, you know, and at times, I'm not great at it, but it's something I focus on as much as I can because I, I work a lot and I love my work, so I can balance the justification with sleep on that. But you know, eight hours a night, you wake up in the morning, you feel like Superman or Superwoman. It's 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 incredible what a good night's sleep can do to people. Hydration, water, uh, people really underestimate the impact. That's right. Yeah, they under underestimate the impact that two liters of water a day can actually do for you and your mental health. And, even as exercise, 20 minutes a day of brisk walking, just getting a little bit of a heart rate up, the endorphins that it releases in your brain is all the happy stuff. And that's what we want. We talk about it so much. I want to be happy, I want to feel better, but we don't have the discipline to put it into our lives. And the golf thing you mentioned, you know, for, for men it's very difficult because we can't do this a lot of the time, the eye to eye kind yeah. of conversation. And so a couple of great things to get your, your friends involved in if you think they're going through a tough time is invite them to a game of golf. Yeah. Um, take the boat out or whatever Take the boat out, do something, go right? camping for the weekend. Yeah. You know, go pick your mate up and travel three hours in the car uh, to go camping and get away from everything and everyone and have that conversation in the car with your eyes facing forward and yeah. there's none of that intimidation feeling around, oh no, they're gonna uncover something here. So uh, it's important to realize that there are platforms available um, and there are ways to go about living a healthier lifestyle, which encourages people around you. One thing I found with my mental health is that I started surrounding myself around people that were doing it 
and it was inspiring me to actually become that. Mm -hmm. And that's really important too. Um, you, when you're in a really difficult situation, you find yourself around the same negative mindset people at times. It's really downing, it's really draining. So if you become that leader, then people around you are inspired by, yeah. by and that. I think that links the whole way back to this whole series on what I call adulting, for, is, is you need to be accountable. Like you chose to get help, you chose to own it, you chose to find, you know, you make your choices where you spend your time. I talk about work-life blend. Yep. So those six pillars of ultimate vitality, that's not just a, a recipe to get out of something. Yep. It's actually vital for us to navigate today's world, to be healthy, to to have the capacity to operate with everything bombarded, to know you're going to make clear decisions and to honour your relationship with yourself first yep. before you get everyone else to fill your tank up. So, Absolutely. Um, and I think that's what certainly you're leading by example with, Jake. You're always uh, sharing your story so eloquently uh, you're very agile with how you present it I know we can be in a boardroom one session um, and you're going to come to the dude retreat my annual dude retreat which is yep. you know a, a, a passion and purpose project for me everyone says why don't you let girls in on it and I've been working I think to 25 years now it makes me since I was two again no just kidding. <laughs> yeah, um, 21 right? in, the, in this yeah. space because I like it. I think direct communication, uh, creating activities and having these big discussions around legacy and responsibility and is really important. And there's just something different that's in a room where there's a bunch of guys in a room having a discussion. And I just don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think it's about disempowering women. I think it's about creating a safe space where these conversations, because we need to let our men be men. We need to let our men go and forage and like most of my clients are getting to do a dude list. What does mean what does it mean to be a dude? Like and some of them says fixing stuff at home. And when is the last time they've done it? They've never picked up a hammer. Yeah. Like everyone's um, definition is going to be different. But regardless of what today's landscape is, we still need to create space for people to find their own mojo. And if we keep squashing them and taking all their time up and not allowing them to be accountable for themselves, we don't gonna get the best man yeah, right. or the best leader or the best father or the best brother or the best mate. Yeah. So you're doing that, you're being accountable, um, you're sharing your story, but you're also living it daily. And you know how hard it is. Sometimes you have your dark days, but you have mechanisms. And that dark day is going to be different on every level, right? So if you're watching this show and you're listening to Jake because he is Mr. 60 Minutes, he's been on everything out there, and I think because his passion is driving him forward to work those long hours that we love what we do. But certainly just by following, practicing what you preach, uh, keeping yourself fit means you can stay on this journey of helping others. Because if you don't put your own oxygen mask on first, you can't continue legacy. That's exactly right. And one little tip I can leave finally for your viewers is that um, talking about work-life balance, one thing I've work put into blend. my life. Work-life blend. Oh, sorry, work-life <laughs> blend. I'm, I'm learning the lingo as we, uh, as we get going. But uh, I have a, a diary. So I'm quite old school with my diaries. I have my, my phone one, which obviously is on the go. But uh, I have a... a, a a diary that you open up and it's got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and seven days in the double thing. Every Sunday night I sit down and most, most of the time I know what my work week looks like. So I knew what I'm doing today, I know what's on tomorrow, day before, whatever it is. And I highlight all that in pink. And then every Sunday night I then look at, okay, well, I know what I'm doing work-wise, but what am I doing for myself? So then I start writing in things like my training, spending time with my partner, golf, I'm playing golf tomorrow morning uh, with a couple of mates. Um, and I start putting all these things in, I start highlighting them in green. So visually I can actually see two colors which reflects my impact over the week, whether that's, if I've got too much pink, then I need to put in more, more yellow. 
Um, so that's a really a great little tool that I use. And visually, I can actually see throughout the week, okay, well, I'm not doing enough for myself here. There's not enough yellow in this week. I need to start finding things and put them in uh, yeah. to make myself feel better. And so. I think this is something that we need to teach kids at school. We need to teach everyone. It's certainly part of the winning weeks is that uh, to avoid collateral damage, you are just as important as everything else. We have a default system of putting everything else first. So if you're listening to the show, accountability is the most important step, asking for help, um, and the bro code. Like, you don't have to know what to do if your mate's not okay. You just have to know and just say, dude, listen, you're not alone, it's gonna be yeah. okay, and then you can go and source help or talk to other friends. So right, don't yeah. take everything on your shoulders. Uh, always ask for help, be accountable. Change happens from being able to grow. So, uh, and I think you're definitely demonstrating that, Jake. And I think one last thing, why do you think it's important to have mates around you that aren't going, oh, you know, no one's around, don't worry about it, that really go lift you up and say, why not? Instead of why would you do that? That positivity shift between you have to choose who you hang out with. Yep. It's a choice. Right? It is a choice. It's a big choice. And yeah. it's a really important choice. Very it's important. A big important. So isn't it there's a law that you are, you become the five people the, you must hang around. five people That's you right. must hang around. That's right. Yeah. So it's an extremely important thing to get your head around as well. And I know from, well, I look back over the years that I've obviously been on this planet and all my general, every few years, all my friendship groups have changed so much. I look, my football career, there's footballers that I hang around. When I went through that real difficult phase of my life, there was really some really bad negative people that I was hanging around. So therefore, my behaviour was correlating the, the friendships that I had. So um, involved in drugs, alcohol, you know, crime, all those type of things were happening because I'm surrounding myself with that. So I had to learn that the hard way. And unfortunately, I had to get to that point. But to answer your question directly, um, there's nothing more... When you're living that, that space, there's, there's two folds that I've found over the last probably two years as to why I think that question is really important to ask yourself is I identified that I need to hang around smarter, better, more influential people in order for myself to stay sustainably healthy moving forward. Uh, and that was in everything from career, personal and relationship based around friends and partners and family you can't pick, but you can certainly pick time to, to hang out with them. So that was really important to me because I realised that I want to be a better human being and at the end of the day, it's all about action and that plays a really important role. The next thing I found was is that I found myself becoming those people I was hanging in around. So therefore, where I used to be looking up to people, I've now become that inspiration for people who are looking to become, say, myself. And that's a really empowering thing and once you harness the, the ability of mentoring, for people that have created any success in business or life, the greatest, I think, consistent value that we all have is our want to give back and our want to be of service to people. And for me, there's nothing more that I get out of what I do than the ability to see young men and women that I work with, um, the ability to see them prosper and the ability to hand back my knowledge and my education to them. And um, so I think the people we hang around is really important because it is going to create who you're going to become later on in life. And I've always had the ambition in my mind is that you know, who, who I don't yet have children, but the day I do, um, what opinions are they going to have of their father? You know, and I want to be a role model to them and ensure that they have the best platform. And I can only do that by hanging around the right people who I want to become as well. So I think it's an extremely important question to ask yourself as well. Exactly. If you want to create something different in your life, I always say if you want to, if you want to change, then you need to look at the people you hang out with the most because yeah. generally more often than not, they're guiding you. And you mentioned before, I saw locker room in the last two years, we've grown so much, and it's not because of me, it's because of the people we've brought into the foundation. 
my board are terrific. They've supported me so much, and without their support, we probably wouldn't be where we are today. So. But I, I think there's also twofold: is that you've attracted good people because you started valuing yourself, Jake. Yeah. So when, which is your self work, right? So I think one of the last things is we can keep projecting out and saying that you know other people aren't doing the things, but are you nurturing yourself? Are you taking yourself seriously? Are you valuing your own life? Are you valuing your own contribution? And for any one of you that are dads out there and separated or dealing with all sorts of things like that, I think the most important thing is you have to show what great relationships look like, what uh, great communication looks like and be a role model rather than being default. There is always room to change and grow. There is always help when you need it. We'll put the links for outside the locker room and all Jake's bio and information, including LinkedIn, uh, ways to book Jake as a speaker as well. You know he's fantastic, case in point. And to get involved in what is gonna be one of our charities uh, for this year, our chosen charity. Um, so, you know, Lane Beachley's foundation is changed and I was like, well, I'm looking for something and I met you guys and I just thought it was really, really on point. So it's a pleasure to have you tell your story. There'll be more links and information on the Mojo Maker show about Jake Edwards. You can follow him on all the social media channels, find out more about he recruits and provide support with great team members that are not only helping him inside the foundation, but facilitating that program because he's only one guy. Mm -hmm. So how do you scale yourself when you have a purpose project that needs more help than you can deliver on your own? So Jake, you're only one guy, you're creating a scalable foundation. I wanna thank you for being on the show. Um, one last comment before we go. Oh, one last comment. Put me on the spot here. Um, well, yeah. Do you have like a hashtag or a mantra? Well, I don't have a hashtag as such. It, change, every time, it changes all the time. But more, just if anyone's watching this is going through something similar to what I have been through and continue to go through, please reach out. Um, yeah, there's people in your life who can support and help you and just have the conversation. Uh, get over that story you tell yourself because a lot of time it's fabricated and people are in your life that do want to help. So take the time to do that. Thanks so much, Jake. Thank you. Thanks You're for having me. You're a rock star. Oh, hi, for more about Jake Edwards, head to thevitalitycoach.com.au. We've got Spotify, iTunes, more on YouTube, and of course, you can tune in and leave us reviews. I'm Nikki Fogdenmuir, the host of The Vojo Maker Show. As always, stay healthy, wealthy, and wise, and you are in the driver's seat. We don't do blame games here or hope projects, so if you need help, reach out, ask us, and tune in for the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. As always, we'd love your review on iTunes or you can jump online to thevitalitycoach.com.au. For more from Nikki, to sign up for the Monday Mojo and the Vitality Coach TV on YouTube.